afternoon, good evening, wherever you are in the world. Thank you for tuning in. This is the Human Business Narrative Podcast, Episode 1, with me, your host, Ivan Tamilkov. Friends from near and afar, happy 2017. I hope you guys are starting off the year on the right foot. I hope that you've set some 2017 resolutions. You have some new goals. You have some new objectives. You have a vision that you want to fulfill, and I truly hope that you're striving for that. In case you're wondering if you've downloaded the right uh, podcast or if you've clicked on the right link, rest assured that you are. Chances are that you are here because you have downloaded previously or subscribed for the Digital Marketing Revolution podcast, which was the former name of this podcast. And now it has been officially rebranded and rejuvenated the last time that you probably heard from me on this podcast was sometime around April or May of 2016. So there were a few reasons why the podcast name changed that I wanted to share with you guys. First and foremost, the emphasis on the podcast currently is all about human centricity, emotional intelligence, human to human interactions, and how that impacts in the business world. So a lot of what the podcast will focus on from this point on is about life relationship building and how brands can humanize their their culture and ultimately help them sell more products or services or whatever it is that they are selling. So that is the focus. That is the new format of the show. And once again, rest assured that you are on the right spot. If you have not listened to the podcast before, uh, I want to give you a little bit of a background about me. I've spent the last 11 years uh, working professionally in digital marketing. That is my background with a strong emphasis on search engine marketing, having worked with a lot of different companies, everything from boutique agencies locally here in the St. Louis area, St. Louis, Missouri, Uh, all the way up to fortune companies um, like Amazon, for instance, um, Audible, uh, things like that. So, um, And the purpose behind the podcast and, and one of the main reasons to why I decided to sort of change the format is because I believe the human business is going to be an intricate component in 2017 for companies and companies will be forced to morph and understand how they can humanize their brand so that will help them sell more of their products and services because as a stance that presents a huge challenge for companies simply because consumers are tired of the bullshit they are already swarmed with over 1500 different marketing messages on daily basis And the last thing that they want is someone else to try to sell them a product or a service. So that is a little bit about the show, a little bit about me, my background. In terms of the show, as it stands right now, there's a new Twitter handle at HBN Podcast where you can tweet at me directly if you have any questions, suggestions, thought or comments. My email address, if you choose to email me, is Ivan. I-V-A-N at RazorSharpDigital 
gmail.com. I welcome your input and I do also uh, accept constructive criticism as long as it's not too critical. Uh, with that being said, I have as my first guest in 2017, none other than Brian Fanzo, aka at iSocialFans, joining me today for a one hour powerhouse of a guest interview to talk about change and positivity. And I won't spoil the guest interview. Hence why I will go ahead and turn it, turn over the reins to Brian and have him share the plethora of powerhouse of information. Um, this was a discussion that I truly, truly enjoyed with Brian. And I hope that you guys do the same. So meanwhile, I will see you on the flip side. All right, everyone, I'm joined today with Brian Fanzo, a.k.a. at iSocialFans. Brian, how's it going? I'm going great. It's a, it's a good start to a 2017, so I'm, I'm pumped for the year, and uh, I'm going to ride that high as long as I can. <laughs> Very cool. Love that enthusiasm and, and that optimism, as a matter of fact. Um, can you go ahead and introduce yourself, You know where you're from, what do you do, what is your story, man? Sure. So, you know, for, you know, for, I have like a, a very random and unique um, background, which is why, you know, as a, you know, as a keynote speaker, which is what I do uh, kind of full time now, you know, I introduce myself as a change evangelist. And uh, weirdly enough, you know, my background, I'm a, I, I was the weird, I was, I always had a weird approach to things. And um, later on in life, I learned there was a lot to do with my, my ADHD mindset. But Really, for me, you know, I, I in high school and in college, I was a, a computer science major, but I was a, a thespian and enjoyed, um, you know, that side of the thing. I was also the president of my fraternity, and I went to college to play hockey. So I have a, uh, okay. I kind of have a love and a passion to not have a niche and not have a background um, that is just kind of one and done. And what I've kind of found is I, I spent nine years working for the Department of Defense and uh, in cybersecurity, working with the military, traveling around mm -hmm. the world, um, really focused on helping um, the military branches collaborate. So the Army with the Navy, Marine Corps, Air Force. So if you can imagine, that's a yeah, very yeah. uphill, uphill, crazy um, job that I, I had. And, and I loved it. I absolutely loved it. But I've always had a passion for people, and I and I went to school had perfect attendance, but I barely graduated high school and college because um, <laughs> the the school part was the hardest part for me. Right. But I, I I loved you know helping people out. I loved working in the newspaper, and and so in the Department of Defense when I was working in cyber, it, it's really like a war on drugs. Like uh, if we did our job, if we deployed everything and everybody was trained, nobody really knew. But if something we messed up, you know, a drone would fall out of the sky or someone would hack our our, our military. So I um, I made a weird, crazy pivot and uh, against pretty much all recommendation from everybody. And I decided to leave my security clearance, the DOD, and I went to a, a data center startup in uh, Phoenix, Arizona, where my role was a, a technology evangelist. And it was mm -hmm. it was my, it was my dream job out of college because I was a big fan of what Guy Kawasaki did at Apple and what Robert Scoble did at uh, Microsoft. And for me, I said, you know, I want to be able to help 
people leverage technology, but I was not a salesperson or, or really a marketer. So mm -hmm. I didn't like having KPIs or being forced to do things. And um, I ended up having a, a dream position where I reported to the CEO, a dotted line to the CIO and the CMO. Mm -hmm. And it allowed me really just to work with our clients, our customer, the community and say, hey, this is what's going on. And then I got to report it back directly to product management, directly to you know the, the groups that were going on on that side. And for me, it was uh, it was such a fun, it was such a fun job. But it was also one of those things that once you realize that like I mean I went to school for computer science. I thought mm -hmm. being a technology evangelist was what I wanted. But when I would leave the clients or you know looking back, I realized that my favorite part of my job was not the technology per se, but it was onboarding. We, we were averaging 12 new hires a week. Um, in the two years I was there, we went from wow. uh, 256 employees to 614 employees. Mm -hmm. And um, it was what I realized was it, I oftentimes helped people remove technology. I oftentimes I helped translate what was <laughs> going on so that we could decide what made sense for the business. So I guess the long story and background of who I am and what you know, what I became is I realized that I really do. And my mantra today and what gets me excited is I like connecting great people with great people to do great things. And sometimes cool. that's technology. Sometimes that's um, speaking. You know, I, I consult and do a lot of stuff in the live video space. Um, I, I'm also the host of two of my own podcasts now as well. And it's it's a dream uh, for me to really be able to, you know, be able to, to kind of live this uh -huh. idea where I want people to not be scared of change, but also realize that just because things are changing doesn't mean you need more technology or even less technology. And right, right. Um, I, I get to speak in some of like the coolest environments. I mean, I spoke this past week at the leadership conference for the National Dentist Association. Oh, and, okay. <laughs> you know, in the middle, middle of last year, I went to Bark World, which was for uh, influencers in the animal community. Uh, I did 11 trips overseas. I got to go to Australia and work with some of the, the greatest bloggers in the world that are millionaires in the blogging space. And for me, the, being able to really go outside of technology and, and I don't really care about what the industry is. It's more about helping people make today a little bit better than yesterday and set themselves up to make tomorrow even better than today. Very cool, man. Well, that is a that is a mesmerizing story. By the way, I would have thought that you were like a spy or something or <laughs> cybersecurity after you were talking about, you know, working for the government. But a couple of things, man. So you mentioned the podcast. So you got to throw in a plug here. So what podcast? What are their names? Sure. So the first so, you know, I'm I'm very big into branding. Um, if I would have if I would have realized early on, you know, I kind of got lucky in the in the name draw. I got a great last name. My last name is Fanzo, and it's you know Italian, and, and it, it flows off the tongue very easily. It usually gets mm -hmm. messed up over the phone. But I um, when I started on Twitter and social media, because I said I don't have a niche, uh, I decided to have eight Twitter accounts, and I had one <laughs> for poker, and one for Pittsburgh sports, and one for my my passion for for pit bulls and, and my Jeep and. And I created one for social, like my social media business one, and I called it iSocial Fans. And every one of them had F-A-N-Z at the end, the fans, mm -hmm. which is you know a play off of my last name. And and little did I know at the time, little I had, I really had no idea at the time that the that would turn into my biggest account, my biggest brand. I still have four Twitter accounts that all have F-A-N-Z in the end. But the uh, the podcast I, I've done a little over two years with one a podcast that I. 
I co-host with Daniel Newman called mm-hmm. Smack Talk, which stands for Social Mobile Analytics and Cloud. Okay. And really what happened was I went to a, a podcasting – I went to actually Social Media Marketing World and there was podcasters up there that are extremely successful. And I told them that you know I've never had a niche and everyone that's ever told me that I need to have a niche in life in what I do, uh, it, it really you know upsets me and, and I, I fight against it. And all four of the panelists up there who are very successful podcasters told me if you don't have a niche – you will be guaranteed to fail. Your podcast will never take off. And I love a challenge. So that very next week, we launched a podcast that had four industries and no niche, uh-huh. um, which is now Smack Talk. And we've been able to bring that to different organizations, brands around the world. We, we broadcast it live from the Super Bowl. Um, we go to, to SAP, IBM. Right now, we're sponsored by Adobe and Cisco. And we've done a little over uh, six. Actually, we are recording tomorrow. It'll be episode 69 uh, with my co-host, Daniel Newman. So that one's Smack Talk. Mm-hmm. And then my newest podcast that I launched December 1st is called FOMO Fans. So that F-A-N-Z, I'm sticking with my uh, my my naming yeah, yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And okay. uh, it stands, you know, FOMO being fear <clears throat> of missing out. And the goal of that was, you know, my clients hire me and I get to you know, get on phone calls and I'm the, I get the luckiest job in the sense where my job is to kick the tires and try out new stuff and break it and really just be the guy that's on the bleeding edge. But I report back the, the business value and the features and then I let my clients decide what makes the most sense for them. And sure. it's a great it's a great thing. But my community was like, well, Brian, I want that access. I want that. And so I started to help people embrace what I would say their FOMO or their fear of missing out. And I realized it's a scary change and not everybody has the luxury to sit around and listen to as many podcasts as I do or read as many blog posts. So what I decided to do was rather than helping people embrace FOMO, I would actually cure their FOMO and I would actually be the one that shares a different topic, a different, uh, you know, around the things that are going on. And I'm going to share that podcast every, you know, I do one episode every week, some weeks two, if there's breaking news, but, um, it's been a dream. I can tell you that I had uh, very high goals, um, for downloads and sponsorship and things that I'm doing. And, mm-hmm. um, I, I hit my, my six month goal, uh, on episode 10, as far as, uh, growth, because people wow. really just Congrats. have been, yeah, they've been amazing supporting. So like today's episode that I recorded this morning, uh, the title of it was Transparency and a Mindset for Change Equals Collaboration. And my goal on that one is really to teach people the value of transparency and, and understanding where change fits in in collaboration solutions. And so, yeah, mm-hmm, FOMO mm-hmm. Fans is, is the name of the uh, the second podcast. So, yeah, those are the two. I, I appreciate you letting me plug. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I, I give guests the opportunity to do that because, you know, I think that's a, an added value proposition for all the listeners and additional takeaways that hopefully they can extract from, from my podcast. So, you know... <clears throat> That was a phenomenal story, by the way, that you mentioned. I mean, going from tech to being a change uh, uh, evangelist. And one of the things that I really, really liked about your entire approach um, in us really just exchanging, you know, tweets and Facebook messages is when you when you mentioned that you wanted to connect people, because that really sort of cross pollinates with what I'm trying to do with human business and humanizing digital marketing and marketing in general. So that was one of the things that really, really caught my attention when we were, you know, exchanging changing messages uh, online, which I, so going to my second question is, I think you already answered it. And, you know, uh, 
I was wanting to ask you what got you into this line of work, but I think you may have answered it already in saying that, you know, you wanted to you wanted to help people, right? You wanted to connect people. Is that correct? It is, but you know, I have a weird element there because I've never really had a marketing job myself. But if I would have understood what marketing was, and I blame my high school teachers, I didn't have a, there was no marketing <laughs> class in my high school. But if I would have understood what marketing really was, you know, I graduated college in 2003, I probably would have majored in, in, in marketing because it was where I liked. I, I went to school, I majored in, in media studies, but I realized that like that had to do a lot more sciences and econ and these things that I didn't really like. Sure. So I switched to a, a computer science degree with a a web design concentration. But for me, I love that you're talking about humanizing business because I've never, I've never thought of myself as a marketer. I've always, I've always said my, my number one thing that I love to study is storytelling. You know, I believe that if you are a great storyteller, your, your fast food order will never get messed up because mm -hmm. you can understand that it's a different audience. You understand how to shape the story so that it's consumed best by your audience. But I also love storytelling because I believe it's impossible to be perfect. I believe it's one of those, those rare, uh, you know, functions in our life that as the audience changes, as we change as people, as the different delivery methods change, storytelling is something that we can always get better at. And I, yes, I, I kind of, I never was a marketer, but I kind of got in this space mainly because there was this job and I like to say, you know, I translate the geek speak, but really what I became was I hired really good technology developers that worked for me. But when I would sit mm -hmm. into to executive meetings, if I wasn't the person that had my hands into what I'm doing or connected with the right people, I knew based on my personality that I would struggle to be successful. And what I found my niche was, and, and I, you know, being the guy that doesn't like niches, but I found mm -hmm. I'm really good at taking things that are, are complicated and simplifying those for executives or business and really good at taking things that seem like, you know, like live streaming video. You know, I don't look at live video as just live video for live video sake. I look at it and say, how can I help business owners relate and understand the value of this and the human connection that comes across it. So for me, I love that, you know, I love that, that that's your mission here on the podcast as well. And also kind of that on that side, you know, I've had, I've had a really heck of a run, you know, mm -hmm. I, 2013 around the fall of 2013, I decided when I pivoted into this space that I was going to tell my story everywhere. I was going to own it. And since then I've been, I've been very fortunate and had amazing breaks. I've been speaking around the world, but my number one re reason for that success is it's my community. And people ask, you know, like, Hey, how do you build a community of people in a digital world? And I have a simple saying, I just say that you show you care more than anyone else, because when you care about people, it doesn't matter if they're online or they're offline. It doesn't matter if they're Facebook users or Twitter users. And I know that's kind of your mantra as well, which is why I said, you know, I, I get so many podcast yeah, uh, yeah. offers. And I, I said, I love, I love that that's your focus as well because my the true success that I see, you know, all of my speaking is inbound. My All of the things that opportunities that I'm getting is someone recommending me, someone being my champion. And how amazing is it that in this world of digital and technology, and I'm the FOMO guy, I can say my number one business asset is my, the people that are in my community. Yeah, yeah, uh, you know that that's gold right there, honestly. Because, uh, like I said, first of all, as you know, that is one of the 
primary focus is with this podcast is to to help people understand how business needs to be more human and how marketing really needs to be uh, uh, more more human. And you know, you really kind of came in at a an impeccable time. You know, talking about. Um, you know, how you enforce positive positivity and change and, and things like that. So, which, you know, leads me to my next question I wanted to ask you. So, you know, you were talk, talking about, you know, wanting to have your hands in things and, you know, because of your ADHD, I mean, uh, you know, not to put you on the spot, do you think that that presented a, a challenge to you or did that present an opportunity for you? Well, the day I got diagnosed ADHD, I can tell you a, a lift off of my shoulders and a better understanding of who I was happened. And I, I was someone that hated going to the doctors. I never wanted to, you know, uh, be on medicine on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. Um, my mom, you know, has said that, you know, for her, she, she was told that I probably needed that when I was 12 and 13. But back then there was a stigma that you were a bad parent if your kid was on Ritalin or, or Adderall right. or all of this, uh, uh, this, this kind of side. And for me, it was, it wasn't a, it wasn't like an overnight fix, but ADHD for me allows just, it really just means I learn and I operate differently than, than everyone else. And I think we're, we are all unique, but it allowed me to realize that, you know, being an entrepreneur, I were, I'm really productive in the morning and I'm really productive late at night. And a nine to five job for me was a struggle going to, to college courses during the day and trying to care about algebra at three in the afternoon yeah. was just something I, I really, really struggled at. And, and the biggest one also was I love to learn. I've always been my, my dad always ingrained on us. You know, like you don't burn bridges and every day you need to find a way to learn something. But I struggled concentrating reading. And I, I tell everybody I've read more books in the last four years than sure. I did my first 31 years of my life because the, the medicine allows me to really hone in and focus. And, you know, I've always talked fast. I've always been sporadic. I've always been passionate with what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. But it, I've always just kind of done things a little different. And so for me, I, I, it's hard to find something that fits there. And I, I, I hate saying the, the saying that you hear all the time where people say, you know, you got to be passionate. You have to find your passion because right. I, I agree. Finding your passion is a goal, but finding your passion might not happen until you're 45 or 65. Right. But I, I believe you need to be passionate about everything you do. And that's kind of how I've lived. I've, I, I worked at cybersecurity in the DOD and I loved that job. You know, I went and worked for a, a boring data center world and I loved that job because I found and made, made it my own. I found what worked. And I think for people today more than anywhere else in our lives, um, it's not about listening to everyone else's tell you five things to do before you wake up in the morning, but it's to say, okay, hey, this is what how someone else's learns. I want to understand that, but I want to remember how how can I be the best person myself? And it's it took me a long while to find that. I I wrote a blog post about four years ago saying my passion is technology, and my and my purpose is you know uh, helping people tell their story. And right. there was part of that, but I realized. My, my passion shifted and it's probably going to shift three more times. And if I would say my, my, my one word for 2016 was the word pivot. I pivoted in my business, in my life, in my, mm-hmm. in my shows, I pivoted, but I'm okay pivoting. I'm okay doing all those things. And, um, you know, for me, ADHD, I, I own it. I didn't really know for the first two years I was diagnosed that there was still a stigma on it. And so now it's on my website. Now I introduce myself on stage because I want other people to be okay with, and it's not just ADHD, but I believe we all have struggles. We all have things that make us unique. And if I can 
if I can truly allow or, or help people see that, hey, this is what I struggle with, this is what makes me better, um, I own that as well. And I think that's part of the human side is um, I love yeah. video, I love you know, what I'm doing because it reminds us all that from Richard Branson to, you know, President Obama to Mark right, Cuban down right. to anyone else, they all put their pants on the same way. You know, you know, <laughs> I, you know, females as well. You know, we got Cheryl, you know, Cheryl right. uh, Zuckerberg and that group. Everybody puts their pants on the same way. We all have 24 hours in the day. And I think if we remember that life doesn't get as crazy or as overwhelming and we can almost embrace our own vulnerabilities. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, <laughs> I'm glad that you shared all that because the intent behind my question was that, you know, for you to share from your perspective of how someone with ADHD overcomes that barrier, because I think, as you mentioned, you know, people see that as a barrier, right? Uh, like you talked about in early childhood, you know, some of the most common conversations around that. So I'm glad to hear, you know, I think it was important. And thank you for sharing that with the listeners, because I'm sure that there's other people, probably listeners to this podcast that uh, are also facing ADHD because it is very common too and knowing that someone like you who has overcome that and not to mention is has not allowed it to stop you from doing what you love doing and I, it's really interesting and I'm kind of gonna gonna go to the opposite end here for a second you were you were talking a little bit about uh, you know being an entrepreneur and you know uh, finding that passion how your your passion will shift and change probably several times what advice would you give? to new coming entrepreneurs, particularly with trying to find their passion, right? Trying to find what they love doing. I mean, is there any specific advice that you love to give them? So my first advice for entrepreneurship is it's really hard. Um, it's not as sexy as everyone says. Um, if you're listening to the people that have the loudest uh, megaphones and you believe that if you just hustle and you work really hard, you're going to be a successful entrepreneur. Um, I'm here to tell you that's crap. Um, I think entrepreneurship for me has been the, the hardest and the biggest test in my life. It's also been um, something for me that I, 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 I probably put it off for three years thinking I wasn't ready. Um, and I was right because even three years later when I jumped um, – I wasn't ready, but I don't believe anybody will be ready. I don't. If you're waiting, or you're a new entrepreneur and you're thinking that being ready is what you, it's there's no such thing as being ready in this space. It's more about understanding self motivation and understanding what you have to offer that someone else is willing to pay money for. Because I made the mistake of thinking that I could build community, I could help people, you know, tell their story, and I could do all of these things and live my passion. But guess what? If people aren't willing to pay me to help them and that's my passion, you become a broke entrepreneur and you'll soon be a person, an entrepreneur that's now looking for a job to go back to work for someone else. So I think I always like to set the stage that I, I made this bold statement. I believe by the end of 2017, entrepreneurship will be less sexy than it is today. And I believe that's a good thing because I don't think it should be a scare tactic. I'm not telling people not to do it, but I do believe there's lots of people that are writing books about shortcuts and you know living on the beach and how I made my first six million dollars you know I've been an entrepreneur now three and a half years and not one of those years have I made more money than I made when I was an when I was a uh, enterprise employee and I've worked twice sometimes three times as hard as an entrepreneur but the nice part about that is I decide when I work I decide how things are moving forward and so I guess for me advice and if you're a struggling entrepreneur I really believe that 
the term solopreneur should be really like thrown out the window because <laughs> right, as right. an entrepreneur, there's never been a time in your life that you've needed more people around you than as an entrepreneur, right? Like when you, you, the, it's such a crazy world because you think, well, now I control my own destiny. Now I, I, I don't have to, you know, I don't have to work for the man or, or the woman or, you know, and, but really what that means is you have to sell, you have to market, you have to deliver, you have to follow up on invoices. You have to do all of these things that let's face it, that it takes a lot of work and things. So what I, I recommend for people is surround yourself with people who know what you don't know. And first thing that means is that if you're an entrepreneur out there, I recommend doing a, a SWOT anal analysis, which means your strengths and your weaknesses as a person. And you do that and then bring in like a, someone that is a good friend of yours that is a trusted advisor yeah, and allow yeah. them to, to point at that SWOT analysis and tell you how much of that is full of crap. Because we all like to think we're good at all of these things and we're only bad at certain things. But when you, you, once you certainly understand who you are, and, and Gary Vaynerchuk talks about this a lot as well, he says, you know, it's self-awareness. And I, and I agree, self-awareness allows you to, to, to know where to focus. It allows you to know where to learn, but it also allows you to know who you need on your team, who you need to champion. And then the last advice, I guess, for entrepreneurs that I really like to tell people is that if you, the journey of entrepreneurship is the, is the, that's the ROI. That's, you know, it's, you know, I want people to set goals. I want people to have, you know, big dreams. I mean, I was, right, I was right. 17 years old. Um, I, I got a Jeep Wrangler. My, my parents got me a Jeep Wrangler that I had to work to pay my payments off. But I remember I got that, that Jeep Wrangler and I went to this Toys R Us and I bought a, a Hummer H1 matchbox car. And I got glue and I glued it to the dashboard of my brand new Jeep. And I'm a, you know, I'm a 17-year-old kid that grew up very lucky and blessed to have the, the family that provided for me. And I was very fortunate. And I put that Hummer on my dashboard and said, when I, before I turn 40, I want to know that I could afford to own a Hummer. And it wasn't just the Hummer because I, I wanted you know, something to, to you know, represent money. But it was I want to be successful enough to where I know I can afford to do something on my own and get something like that. Well, you know, I'm 35 and mm -hmm. I'm not sure if I'm, I'm there. I'm, I'm getting closer to what that goal is by what, you know, the next five years. But if you set goals and you don't celebrate the small wins along the way, if you don't realize that that journey, even some of the failures when it sucks, it's, that's part of this. I mean, as, as successful as I had of a 2016, there was plenty, probably a one day a week where I woke up and I was sick to my stomach with, you know, worrying about things. And then by the end of the day, I, I'm dancing around my place and, and high-fiving people saying I'm the, I'm the best and things are going to be really, really amazing. And so I, I guess that's why, you know, entrepreneurship, I, I'm really passionate about it. I, I don't really blog about it a lot. I don't really talk about it on keynotes, but it's because it's one of those spaces for me that it scares me every day. It excites me every day. But I know that some people get into it for the wrong reason or are doing it and can't figure out how to make it work. And I, I, I really do try to make it a mission of mine to kind of help people understand the truth as well as the glory that goes behind it. Yeah, yeah. You know, uh, you made some very good points. And I, as you as you were talking, I was really trying to kind of jot down my thoughts because I, I wanted to respond to that. First of all, you mentioned you mentioned something really interesting, you know, talking about Gary Vaynerchuk is that. Uh, care is is probably your best marketing tactic. I think a lot of businesses, you know, businesses that attempt to humanize their approach, uh, also completely forget about 
Um, so that was one key thing that you mentioned. You talked about goals, which I think was extremely important. You know, you have a goal that you set to yourself. And I think with entrepreneurs, the other thing that you mentioned also was fear. You know, fear kills opportunity uh, all day long, as, as Gary would say. And, you know, I think one of the things that you pointed out is how important it is to escape that fear mindset because if you do want to propel forward if you do want to move and and fulfill your passion your goals and, and your dreams and make your vision a reality then you have to es- escape that fear factor which leads me to another question i wanted to ask you when you were talking about change of ang- evangelist um why positive enforcement you know what drew what really drew you to that so I, I love that you brought that up. And, I, and you know, something you said there and it's something for entrepreneurs to understand as well, you know, you'll, you'll hear everybody say that failure is part of the, the ride and failure um, is, you know, is something that you have to learn to deal with. And here's the thing. Failure sucks. It really, you know, it hits you in the gut. I mean, I got I mean, I had, you know, a gig where I spent, you know, a little over 140 hours brainstorming a solution with one of the, my dream clients working towards all of these things. And on the, the very last hour before we're ready to execute this massively big program, I just got a, you know, a Google Hangout and they pulled the rug out for me. Um, they ended up teaming up with another business and I lost the contract. And I tell you what, that failure that weekend, that, that, those couple of days, it was, it was one of the worst feelings that I've ever had in my life. And, and I believe that you, failure is a learning opportunity, but I think sometimes we forget to explain that failure does suck. But this is how I look at failure, and it kind of goes into your question about change. Is mm-hmm. if you, if you're an entrepreneur, even if you're, no matter what you are, what, if you're looking at your life and your success and your goals, something you have to remember and own that failure will suck, failure will hurt. But if you believe that you will never settle for failure, failure will never be the last thing that happens for you in your life and in your business, you're going to be fine. Because even when I was down, even that weekend when I, I mean, I, I posted about it, I had friends calling and, and I was, you know, I was down. I never for one instance didn't think to myself that I was going to get back up. Now I questioned when I was going to get back up and I had a really, you know, get, you know, get back in there. But there, there is this element of, you know, how do you look at that? And for me, change is very similar because most people, when you, and I'm asking you, know, I can ask your audience there and I have, a, you know, uh, the, sure, the people that are sure. listening. You know, for me, one of the things that when you when you think for think right now, picture what change is like, okay, change in your life. And I would say 90% of people look at change as the occurrence because of bad decisions or things that they did wrong. Right? So we're looking at change and say, oh, I had to change, you know, internet providers. And the reason was is because you went with the lowest deal before and they ended up being a horrible solution. Or you wanted to change the mm-hmm. cities that you lived in because you know, ultimately you made bad decisions and realized that your industry was never going to work there, whatever. But here's the interesting thing on change. And this is, it's in my, my book. It's my, it's my change. Isn't the result of bad decisions. It's the result of all decisions, Mm -hmm. every good decision you made and every bad decision you make up until the moment where you're changing allows you to change. And I think when we, when we take a, a step back and rather than assuming change is the result of bad decisions, and think of it as change is the result of all that I've learned and all of the decisions that I have in my life. And it allows me to change to the next step because you're not always changing for the better. Sometimes, let's face it, we change for right, the worse as well. Right. But 
I look at change as ever evolving. That's why I said the failure element. You know, I pivoted in my business. I pivoted in my my focus. I've you know, I'm learning as I'm going. But the the one of the things I preach a lot is that, you know, perfection is a fairy tale. No, nobody, nobody in the world believes anybody is perfect or any brand is perfect. Yeah. Yet. Yet for a lot of times when we're when we're put, looking in the mirror and, and we see fitness friends on on Instagram and I follow a lot of them I'm good friends with them you know if if I think they're perfect I'm gonna look in the mirror and think that you know I, myself I'm not perfect but they don't even think of themselves as perfect and perfection is not what I am mm-hmm. seeking perfection is not an achievable goal I think when we look at perfection oftentimes we grade ourselves on perfection yet we don't ever expect someone else to be perfect and I guess that's why I love change it's why I love you know the, the idea and the journey of entrepreneurship because things are going to change life is going to change I mean the iPhone has only been out for 10 years and how right. much has the iPhone changed I mean there, I took a prediction last year that about um, augmented reality and virtual reality, and I said we won't see it implemented in movie theaters or businesses until 2020. And now I'm working with a brand that's going to do it next month, right? And guess right. what? I was wrong. And things changed and rapidly have grown way faster than you know than I ever expected. But I'm okay with that. And I think you've seen it. You follow me on social. You yeah. Know, I say I say I don't know, and mm-hmm. I say when I'm wrong all the time, because. Let's fa- for me, it's a little bit of like therapy as well as, you know, hey, let's let, let's remember that everyone that's listening and following you, everyone that's buying your book or or is working for you, we might have believed for the longest time that they were buying and working with us because they believed we were perfect or they wanted something in perfection, but that's wrong. I mean, people right. want to, to work with, they want to understand. And, you know, I, I think the you know, one of my goals every time I work with a company is that if they can truly, truly when, when I walk out of there, they go, man, Brian, you, you really reminded me that the reason our business is great, the reason we have a great company has nothing to do with our products and has everything to do with the people that work at our company. If every company I work with can have that mindset, I've, I've succeeded. And I think that's that human element where yep. it, we just get so far disconnected and then it's so much fun to watch people come yeah. back and realize that – uh, you know, we don't buy the iPhone because we want another phone. We buy it for the experiences it enables, the 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 things that we're able to learn or the things that we're able to do with, with that, that device. But it has so little to do with the actual product. Yet, even as an entrepreneur, you know, I'm someone that's you know launched shows and and I, I and I work with brands on you know um, lead generation campaigns and all of these things. But ultimately, if we're able to connect the dots and for people to be able to understand the people behind the brand and the people behind the the information then they're gonna have advocates and customers for life and you know isn't that absolutely the really the goal? yeah i mean you nailed it right on and honestly i was i was trying not to uh forget my train of thought here because i think we're getting into thick of things and i absolutely love it uh for a second there i was starting to think that we're gonna have to make this podcast a multi-part honestly <laughs> because it's just we're, we're, i mean this is great this is exactly the type of content that I really wanted to share with with this revived podcast and a couple of things I want to touch on though is when we're talking about entrepreneurship the first thing is that I think entrepreneurship is so heavily saturated right now honestly I think everyone in my community alone in my circle is considered an entrepreneurship and I'm talking about the people who are jobless too as well they consider themselves as as, as an entrepreneur but I think the biggest misconception is 
you were sharing that story of failure, right? And I think that is something that the unforeseen things that new entrepreneurs especially don't account for because I think we for the system has morphed us into having this comfort, right? That we get our paycheck every two weeks and we can pay our mortgage, we can pay our car payment, we can pay our utilities. But when you become an entrepreneur and reality settles in and you realize that you know, building up to residual income is probably your number one and toughest goal. The reality really settles in. And and that's why 99% of entrepreneurs fail because they're unprepared for those expectations. And then the last thing I wanted to touch upon, you made a very good point. You know, this is something that I really try to emphasize with this podcast is that with companies, they're not successful because of their products and services. I mean, those definitely make them money. It helped them churn things. But it's it's their resources, it's their teams, it's their employees and the relationships that they have. And, I, and quite honestly, I, I think you would probably attest to this as well, that there's fortune companies out there, quite frankly, that don't quite comprehend that. They don't think that relationships are, are really you know, the determining factor of what makes a business churn. And I think... You know, I guess you could call this a bit of a 2017 prediction is that human business, you know, uh, positive enforcement, things that you talk about, I, I think are beca- are going to be the next biggest trend if they haven't really become a trend already, in all honesty, because I think that is what the, the business marketplace seeks. I think that's what people, consumers human beings seek. So you made some really good points that I wanted to touch upon when you were talking about entrepreneurship, because the reality of things, there's so much hype around entrepreneurship. Uh, You know, guys like Gary Vee and Grant Cardone and Lewis House, you know, they're trumpeting entrepreneurship and building your dreams and, and, and following your vision, you know, on social media and everybody's bought into it. But the reality of it, of what happens on the background, is really the hardest part to comprehend. Uh, I actually wrote a post on Medium titled, So You're an Entrepreneur. And I think this really cross-pollinates with some of the things that me and you are talking about on this uh, episode. That if you work a 9 to 5, you're not really an entrepreneur. If you're all in and you're doing the things that you're doing today... You're trying to enforce positivity and change and trying to make people and companies understand how positive change can be intricate to to growing or building a, a brand. Then, yes, that is an entrepreneur, someone that is all in and doing that from you know sunrise to sunset, so to speak. So you made some really good points. The next question I wanted to ask you is. Um, do you have any 2017 resolutions? I know that's a cliche question maybe, but have you set any 2017 resolutions? No, I love that. You know, and, and something that, you know, on that point, you were talking about the entrepreneur labeling, you know, nobody likes to be labeled. No one wants to be labeled. Mm -hmm. And I, you know, I, I've posted a little bit about that same topic, but I don't really have a problem with someone that's working their tail off. 40 hours a week in uh, getting a paycheck. They ha- they're working the enterprise job and they also have a side hustle that, that, that them calling themselves an entrepreneur are perfectly okay with that. The people that I disagree with are those that are trying to help and inspire and tell everybody else that they're an entrepreneur without exposing or sharing that, you know, they're, they're doing, they're doing right. a lot of the stuff that looks entrepreneurish, but without all of the risk. Right. And I think right. for, for even people out there, you know, like Gary V has had a massive impact on my life, but 
part of the reason that Gary reached out to me and we, we became kind of aligned in a lot of things and I, and I was able to have opportunities to, to kind of um, you know be a part of the journey is that he, I also disagree with a lot of, of what he does because I don't have the same goals and aspirations as him, so I don't need to follow his recipe. I don't want to own the Jets. I don't want to own the largest building in New York City. You know, like I want to be the biggest impact that I can make. And it kind of goes into my my goals and my resolutions because I'm okay with people making goals and resolutions because I want you to figure out what motivates you. Because I learned after being diagnosed ADHD that that's what it came down to. Like the medicine helps me focus, but really understanding what makes me motivated, what is my driving force. You know what? If money is your driving force, own it. Good for you because, you know, Grant Cardone, I'm a fan of his as well. I've shared a stage with him a couple of times. Great guy. And, you know, and he helps people that have that motivation and that passion. Right. And that's okay. I don't, I don't want to judge someone's goals or resolutions. But for me, you asked me what mine are. You know, I, I kind of kind of falls into two categories. One of them um, you know, is work smarter, not harder in 2017. You know, um, 2016 was very successful, but I worked, I mean, I worked my tail off and, um, I haven't started 2017 off very good in that resolution because, uh, I've probably worked harder in the last, uh, two weeks of this year, the, the first two weeks of, of 2017 than I ever have in my life before. But it's kind of setting myself up for the second one of my resolutions or my goals. And it's really to, to allow myself to scale, and provide, you know, make a way that where I'm be able to give back to my community, but also make money when I'm sleeping. And I guess is that's the way where it's at because because <laughs> I figured out that I don't really want to change what I do right. day to day. Like I love speaking, I love doing my podcast, I love like I mean I really truly do love what I'm doing. So the hard part was, well, how do I how do I you know scale? How do I bring on more people onto my team? How do I reach more people? If I'm not willing to give up something, because this is a give, you know, you have to give up something to get something in this world. The way that's, that's the way it works. And so I'm working really hard on um, my movement is be yourself. So hashtag be yourself. Mm -hmm. um, we're going to launch probably three, three massive projects that will all launch January of this year. So within the next two weeks, you're going to see um, a massive movement around that. I gave the, my first keynote on be yourself uh, just two days ago. And my goal with that is I'm going to give you the exact, I mean, everything, the secret sauce, my recipes, I'm giving the copies of my emails of when I reached out to brands and they told me no, I'm going to be fully transparent and give people access into my journey over the last three years. And it's not my journey to, you know, living on the beach and being the most successful entrepreneur. That's not because I'm not there yet. But I, it's really my way of saying if you want to if you want to be discovered if you want to become a professional speaker if you want to work with brands if you want to figure out how to build a digital footprint how do how did how did I do it because I don't I don't I'm not an expert I, I I'm an expert on how Brian Fanzo did it and I'm okay knowing that and I believe there's enough people that that seek that and enough people that are going to be able to jump on board there so you know my my that mantra really is work smarter and then you know focus on scale to to make money while I'm sleeping not because the money part but it's because I don't want to stop doing what I love doing. Uh, during the hours that I'm awake. And so I guess that's where yeah, my, yeah. my resolutions and goals are. But I'm also a big goal um, week over week person. So I, I have a Sharpie um, that I put on my bathroom mirror. And I usually write down three or four goals 
for the week in my bathroom mirror. And the funny thing about that is I used to write them on my desk, but then they would stress me out because I would see them all the time. Um, and sometimes I just need to allow myself to be creative and allow myself to do things. But, you know, usually on that Friday or even Saturday or Sunday, I go into the bathroom and I see my goals up there. And if I hadn't accomplished them, I oftentimes stay up Saturday night or, you know, give up, you know, watching the pregame for the football game so that I can accomplish those. So I guess that's maybe a, a little secret sauce into what I do is um, I, I don't believe not achieving my goals is going to keep me up at night. But, you know, having something concrete to look at and, and it's part of my motivation. Yeah, I mean, that's that's really good. I mean, you, you already touched upon several things. And the reason I asked you this question is because, you know, it's it's a beginning of a new year. Uh, every business owner, every entrepreneur, every marketer out there, you know, tries to seek 2017 resolutions, right? What am I going to accomplish this year? What's realistic? How am I going to get from point A to point B or from point B to point C? And, you know, you mentioned one thing that I think is really important uh, to, to notate is giving up certain things because, um, you know, you mentioned also Gary Vee earlier and I'm a huge fan uh, of his work. He's been a huge inspiration. He has really changed my business mentality. And, you know, from one immigrant to another, I can really resonate to some of the practices. And actually, in one of his videos, he was talking about how he wishes that everyone was an immigrant because uh, to realize the what the hustle really is and what it means to be hungry, what it means to be thirsty, what it means to be not having anything and trying to make something out of nothing because I think that's really when you're put in the spot. And yeah, I think really... it's going to be his next book. I think his next yep. book is going to be about that journey. I, I love that because I think that yep. – but it, I mean the underlying tone of that is you, you have to know what, what motivates and fuels you, right? It's amazing mm -hmm. that, that that element is so hard for us to understand because oftentimes we're motivated – based on the situation we're in or the current, um, you know, you know, status of our lives, you know, if we're single and then we get married, our motivate, but, but knowing honestly, without a doubt, unfiltered, what motivates you as an individual, that is gold that, and you know, and you made a comment real quick. I didn't mean to cut you off, but the, the sure. idea of, you know, one of the things that really bothers me and it, it bothers me a lot in, in this space is that we often look at a new year or wanting to make a big difference thinking that we have to invent something or do something drastically new. And, you know, Uber is the, is the best example. They didn't, they just refined and simplified a practice of hailing a cab that we, we it was just normal. We all did that every day. And if right. you look at your business and rather than looking and saying, what new social network could I could be on? And that's coming from me or asking yourself what new product I can release. Maybe it's going back and saying, how can I simplify my product experience? What, what more value can I add in here? How can I maybe better Absolutely. listen to my, my community? So I think that's an interesting piece because it's one that I have to, I struggle with myself sometimes too, because I have to go back and refine. And I went back and re-engineered my podcast that, uh, the, the first one I was telling you about because mm -hmm. I couldn't figure out why people weren't listening. And I was just going to launch a new one and say, screw it. And then I, I did lots of, I mean, I've spent probably 80 hours listening to different podcasters talk about what made them successful. And, you know, I went back and SEO'd 60 episodes. It took me hours. <laughs> I, did it, I did it myself. I didn't hire anybody. That's quite a bit. <laughs> but, and, but my goal was like, how can I launch a new podcast right. if I'm not willing to put some time in? And I tell you, October, November, December, month over month, we doubled in downloads and in listeners. And it had a lot to do with not me launching a new podcast, but me going back and simplifying, but also kind of redefining what I was already doing. So I think that's a that's a lesson that I have to tell myself all the time, and I, and I hope people uh, take that to heart as well. 
You know, that's an interesting point you just made. Uh, so what I think is extremely important, the takeaway in that for, for listeners to this podcast to take away is, is that you reflected on the things that you already did and you polished them and you fine-tuned them. So you didn't launch a new podcast, right? But you went back through and, and sort of uh, fine-tuned and tweaked. You did some inv investigating into what was it that resonated with listeners, right? So which podcast got downloaded uh, the most, you know, which topics were more, most interesting and so on. Is that kind of what you did? Yeah, and, and part of it was, you know, I went back and asked my community, like, hey, you know, like, what, what, what did you think about this? Or, and they would say, well, Brian... It's really, you know, it comes across as a very, you know, geeky, enterprise, high-level show, and I don't really have many people in that space. And I was like, well, huh, most of my topics aren't that way. So, like, what, what, what's that reputation that we're doing? And then I also realized, you know, like, it's one of those weird parts. We, we change a lot in life. We pivot. And then we see the success, and we're like, man, this is awesome. This is great. But then we don't go back and say, okay – what did we change to see that success? Because maybe we could go back and change some of those other things that were earlier on. And so, you know, I went back and looked at things and said, you know, the persona, the picture of what Daniel and I pictured our listener to be changed three times. And we figured it out because the show was doing so well or it was, you know, was, was resonating so well, but we didn't, we didn't do a good job of telling that story everywhere. Mm -hmm. And so really what I did was I, I re I just went back and, and, I simplified actually more so than anything else is I went from a three paragraph description to a one paragraph description. I went from right. focusing on, on 30 keywords to focusing on four keywords and, and doing those really well because those are the four that the people that had listened to 60 episodes found most valuable. And it's weird because it's the easiest thing ever to just ask your listeners, your community, your customers, what do you want? Because I, let's face it, I don't do a podcast because I like talking because I talk all day, every day, no matter what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. So yeah. for me, I do a podcast because I want to provide value to the listeners. So by asking my listeners and then listening to them, which is a novel concept, it, it really turned my my show into you know month over month downloads. And, and podcasting is probably one of the most intimate relationships between a content creator and a community because it, you're in their ear. They're, they're, they have their own picture of who you are a lot of the times. I mean, I listen to podcasts. I mean, Four years, every single day, my commute from in Northern Virginia was 22 miles long, and I had to go for an hour, it took me an hour and a half, and I got to listen to three episodes of a three different podcasts every single day, and podcasting, I mean, I felt like I could hug and know those people so well, and for me, because of that, because I was on the other side as well, and it comes, it goes into my think like a fan concept, mm -hmm. is I thought yeah. to myself, what if my favorite podcasts had asked me for feedback, or asked me why I don't share this with my friends. And man, I, it was it was empowering. And the cool part was you can do that and you can be really proud of it, but it, sometimes it's just not gonna be massively successful. You're not gonna see massive results. But you know, I did that to better understand the journey and the, and the podcasting. And the fact that I also got rewarded with just, I mean, um, amazing amounts of people sharing and talking about it. We were able to bring on a right. second sponsor because of that. Um, it was a, it was, it was a heck of a lot worth it uh, all that time. But, um, you know, it's, it's definitely an interesting journey on how we self assess because if you self self assess and realize that, you know, Hey, I have to change. It's also good to go back and say, Hey, maybe I, I burn a bridge or I told somebody no a year ago that now that I understand better who I am and what I have to offer, well, maybe I should go call them back and tell them it should have been a yes. And I've learned, you know, is that an opportunity? And I, and I think that's a, a lesson for all of us. You know, you made a very valiant point that I think uh, 
uh, until you get to grad school is when they actually start teaching you this is, which is really very basic is business one-on-one ask people what the hell it is that they want. So in this case is what is it that they want to listen to? What topics interest them? Right? So as you pointed out is, you know, that, that technology lingo really wasn't resonating with some of those people. And it was kind of mind boggling to you at first and got you wondering like, huh, I, you know, I, I really, really thought, you know, I had a pulse on this. Right. So I think that's one of those basics, you know, and again, uh, I wrote a post several months ago, um, titled Simplicity is Key. So the, the simplest of things can have the biggest impact. So I think that's what you exactly pointed out is this, you know, surveying your audience, you know, asking people what is it that they want that they want to hear about, right? So you can yep. increase the value that you're providing through a podcast because the reality of things is, man, I think I know at least two hands full of people who are doing podcasting nowadays, but there's maybe only 10% of those people or less who are actually doing it right where they're actually sharing good value to their audience sharing value that is enticing to their audience and there's a difference in that you know because people will flock in to listen to your podcast because there's the maybe one thing that nobody else talks about or maybe you have a unique perspective on it that nobody else has you know and i think that's the key differentiating aspect here so i'm glad that you that you pointed that out because i think that is absolutely key especially you know in the podcasting community which quite honestly has grown enormously i mean i'm sure you of all people who talks a lot i mean you've got several podcasts now right and you're investing a valiant amount of time in podcasting is that correct that's correct and you know and i i did my my 100th interview as a guest on a podcast in December. So uh, if you search my name in iTunes, there's 100 shows that I've been a guest on. So not only have I been a, a listener for a long time, and I now <laughs> I, I now have two shows, but uh, I've been a guest. I think this is my I think this is my seventh interview this year. So I, you know, 107 or so wow. um, on on this side. And I, I think part of it is that um, you know giving back, but it's also this idea of you know, I'm able to reach a different audience, a new audience. I'm also learning things about myself. I, you know, I've taken a couple of notes just even on this interview on things that I need to make sure that I'm adding and telling my team um, that maybe I, I forgot about. And I think podcasting for me, and really I think it's for, it's just this idea and it's something that I talk about a lot, but we, the use, the word value is extremely important, but something I always want people to remember is that Value is not determined by you, the content creator. Value is not determined by you, the podcaster, mm-hmm. or even the host, or even the guest. You know, the value is actually determined by the audience that is consuming it, right? The, the even if you only have three listeners, if those three listeners yep. think it, it, it is the greatest show ever, it's a valuable podcast. And and I think when we sometimes forget that, you know, it's this idea that how do I create a viral video, or how do I, you know, and it's it, it's, there's no secret recipe. It was it related so well to a certain amount of people that they decided to right. share it because it would relate with their people. And and just like podcasting, you know that that Smack Talk show is not nearly targeted towards the same as my FOMO fan show. And I don't compare download numbers and I don't compare value on those shows the same way because I'm I'm reaching a different audience and I'm gonna judge value based on what the audience that is listening says and I think it's really humbling when you remember that value is not uh you know determined by you the uh, content creator and uh, you can start you know realizing that it's going to be determined by your listeners yeah I mean that that is spot on I mean you hit the nail on the head with that one because as you said the most common misconception is and uh, you know this is especially true with marketers honestly is just they think that 
you're going to achieve virality, right? By just having the secret recipe that someone has never shared. And, you know, uh, the reason, you know, um, the Gangnam Style video went viral is because, you know, it had a bunch of cool things in the video that resonated with uh, a broad audience, right? So it got hundreds of millions of views on YouTube, right? So again, going to, to your point is this, I think that is a key takeaway, is to know what it is that your audience wants. You know, business 101 is survey your target audience, survey the people that you want to reach, right? And figure out what it is, what that message is that they really want to listen to. You know, Brian, this this has been literally, literally a, a, a ginormous discussion, to say the least. I think it's been a powerhouse of information. And a couple other things, you know, before we close things off that I wanted to ask you, is there any, any other special message that you'd like to share uh, with the listeners of this podcast? Sure. So, you know, I think the human aspect, um, you know, I, I believe, you know, we are all unique. We all have unique value to add. We all have different views on what success is. You know, am I my focus on be yourself this year, you know, it's not easy to be yourself online sometimes. Um, you know, and I spent probably the first year and a half that I was hardcore into social media, I spent very much of that time trying to be somebody that I wasn't. I tried to tell a story that I thought my audience wanted to hear. I tried to portray something that really wasn't me. And it was the hardest year and a half of social media and digital that I'd ever had in my entire life because I had to put something on that I wasn't. I was afraid to meet people in person. And I guess, so I guess for me, like be yourself. I don't want people to think that that just means, you know, because if you suck, if you're a bad person, just don't be yourself, right? Like change, like, because if, if you suck and you're yourself online, they're going to realize you suck there too. But I th I think there's this element where, I, I'm very proud to raise my daughters in the day and age that we live in, and that mm -hmm. surprises some people, but I believe that no matter what you love, no matter who you are, and I always use this, and it's, it turned into one of my groups that I run, it's, you know, I don't care if you like underwater basket weaving, you like doing it in your socks, and you like coloring your hair purple. If, you, if that's what you love, you'll be able to find people somewhere around the world, somewhere that either relate with you, that have done that, the same thing, that, that are motivated by the same um, elements, and so... You don't need to be an expert. You don't need to, to have a show that is as, you know, um, or have an entrepreneurship journey that's the same as Gary Vaynerchuk. But I think when you when you understand who you are and what you're about, and then you kind of just allow that to be the, the unique value proposition, because the only true way, the only way that you can guarantee 100% that you are going to stand out and be what other people can't is just being yourself. That's the only guarantee. Everything else is copyable. Everything else is, 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 can be duplicated. And that's where I'm going with this be yourself movement. That's where I'm going, where, where I'm doing a lot of podcasting interviews, where I'm really focused on not empowering people to be like me or empower people to be as transparent or as open, but empowering them to be okay with their vulnerabilities and to be okay that, to realize that you're going to, you're going to find your people. You're going to discover what works for you. And that journey might be bumpy, but that journey will allow you to achieve success in the future. The old way of faking it till you make it or putting up a persona online that you can, you can get away with, or that you can sell rainbows and unicorns or, or do what, you know, exists in the, in Washington and the politics arena. That's no longer going to work. And it's not going to work in politics very much longer. And it sure as hell isn't working in life. And I think 
if we can take a step back and just realize, okay, even though I faked it for the last 10 years and was successful, I realized that that, that wasn't what was best for me. And if I want to be successful moving forward, I sure as hell can't keep going down that path. And uh, hashtag be yourself and check out, you know, be yourself dot live um, is my is the website right now. So be yourself dot okay, live. Okay. And um, there's not much up there right now other than you can sign up for um, to be notified. But but between now and the Super Bowl, you'll see um, a massive amount of uh, development and content and things that people can participate on, uh, including, you know, I'll give the the, the I have some uh, bracelets and swag that are all about be yourself and how you can embrace your inner um, self and all of that will be kind of the first thing that goes on the website. So uh, stay tuned. It's gonna be a lot of fun. Very cool. Very cool. You know, you hit on a very, very important point, and I and I think uh, it's authenticity. And I think authenticity is something that you know a lot of people strive for nowadays. But I think that they go about it the wrong way because a lot of people attempt to emulate others in pursuit of authenticity. So. What you that's mentioned good. that's such a really good point. Actually, I like the way you even said that because the weird thing for me with authenticity, you know, I, I I've always struggled with I wanted to please everybody. It's been a struggle of mine since I was young. Um, mm. and what it what it kind of led to was I was pleasing nobody, including myself. Right? And that's a scary proposition. And when you're authentic, when you are truly yourself, you realize that some of the people that you cared about liking, like, they now see the real you and they don't like you. They don't and yep. them not liking the authentic self is a tough reality. And I've got a dose of that in the last 60 days from a, a couple, uh, you know, in different arenas that where people were, were threatened and realized that we, we aren't, you know, the best to move forward together because now that they've seen who I am and they understand. And but I'm OK with that now because I know that they're going to find other people that they are OK with. And we would have figured that out along the road, you know, down the road. And. I guess when I look at the overall big picture in this in this game is that it is one of those things where authenticity, you know, I, I talk about transparency on my podcast episode today, but transparency does not guarantee authenticity and it doesn't guarantee trust. Mm -hmm. But what I believe transparency does is it allows people to look through an authentic window to decide what you are about, who you are, why you do what you do. And then there it's up to them to decide if they like that, they want to do business with you. And authenticity is one, it's really, it's, it's, it's a difficult one to start with. I, I like to start with transparency and I like to tell people that if you care more than anyone else cares about those same people, you'll stand out. But uh, I'm glad you brought that up. It's a good way to kind of wrap a bow on this episode because I think uh, authenticity should be one that we all kind of um, embrace and understand the power of. You know, uh, you talked about, so this is very ironic, actually. Uh, you, you mentioned that your last podcast was on transparency and uh, something that I talked about on social media recently in a live video session was accountability. And I think that kind of cross accountability from a standpoint that uh, I was really referring more to um, agencies and companies out there who um, are unwilling to adhere to accountability in other words you know if you screw up you know do you uh, if there's a PR disaster or a social media disaster how do you handle it do you tackle it right on and you sweep the problem under the rug and you know I think a lot of agencies and companies are comfortable with doing that because they're unwilling to be accountable they're unwilling to be transparent and this kind of goes to what you talked about transparency because 
from a human business standpoint, and that's really my mantra, you know, with this podcast and everything that I do is just to help companies understand how human business actually can help them revolutionize their business model. Uh, interestingly enough with that is I was invited to uh, a conference for a software company to be sort of like a fly on the wall type of thing. And they had appointed a new CEO who was their former CTO. And the number one thing that he kept talking about in his keynote was human centricity. So my point with that is is that transparency and change in the positive movement, I think, is absolutely the route that I think companies need to invoke and pursue, especially in 2017, because the reality of things is I think consumers and humans are tired of bullshit, you know, especially from a business yep. standpoint. They're tired of because one of the things that I talk about with companies is this that make them realize that, you know, on daily basis, the average consumer, the average human being is exposed to over 1500 different marketing messages. And the marketplace is so saturated that it's making it harder and harder for consumers and humans to make a choice on the product, on a service, which means that companies are becoming a lot more frustrated because they're not selling their product or service the, the way they used to because the landscape has uh, shifted. And then the one thing that I want to talk about on the human side of things, you mentioned that you had daughters. I have a nine-month-old son, and I just think oh, about... congrats, new dad. <laughs> yes, new dad. This is the first one, and uh, a lot of people have been saying, you have no idea what you got yourself into, but let me tell you, I've, I've loved the ride thus far, and when I, when I think about the business side and, and goals, you know, and everything that I do is, you know, my son is really my legacy, you know, so when you were talking about raising your daughters, you know, in a modern society of smartphones, and, you know, the internet is, you know, how, how do you how do you guide them through that? How do you guide them through that noise? And I think that one of the things that you really touched upon, and this is the one, the one reason I really wanted you to come on on the podcast, is to talk about change and how change is important, how positivity uh, is important. So the last question I wanted to ask, you know, I'd love for people, you know, for listeners to this podcast to connect with you out there on the social space. So what's what's the best way to reach you? Sure. So no, I appreciate you having me on. You know, one of the secrets to standing out online other than being yourself is just being consistent, you know, because it's really hard to find you. And like you said, you know, once so you got someone's attention, you need to be consistent. So I'm iSocialFans on every single social media platform. I'm iSocialFans.com. Um, you can, you know, find me on all those channels that way. And of course, you know, if you're looking for one place, you know, I am a little bit of everywhere and talk, you know, it is the the new podcast FOMO Fans. So, um, you know, it's F-A-N-Z with a Z at the end. Um, you know, look for that in any of your podcast players. Uh, love to, you know, have feedback on that. And yeah, it's all about, you know, connecting great people with great people, uh, to do great things. And uh, this was a lot of fun and congrats on being a new dad. I, my greatest job, my, my greatest, uh, joy is definitely being a dad. And uh, actually in about three minutes, I'm going to run out the door to, uh, go watch my, my middle daughter, uh, do dance practice. So, uh, the, in the, in the Very dad cool. life, that's just kind of how it works. Uh, it's probably my favorite part of an entrepreneurship is that I can, uh, I can do that and then come back and work tonight. But yeah, congrats on being a dad. It's a hell of a journey. Um, you'll, you'll, bang your head against the wall as much as you'll uh you'll be happy but it's that it's those uh daddy i'm glad you're home or i love you that uh it's kind of like entrepreneurship it, it revitalizes you every time absolutely brian it has been a pleasure having you on i really really appreciate you taking the time thanks again cheers and there you have it guys 
That was the guest interview with Brian Fanzo, a.k.a. at iSocialFans. Uh, the span was about an hour, significantly longer than what I was anticipating. Although this was a powerhouse of an episode, and I am so ecstatic to have Brian Fanzo come on and share the wealth of information that he did. I truly hope you guys were jotting down some of the information that he was sharing because I got to tell you, this guy is on fire in 2016 he literally skyrocketed and this is after a couple of years of some serious hardcore grinding and hustling so make sure you go out there and you follow brian on the social network stay in touch with him he is absolutely a great resource to have someone that you can learn a wealth of imp- information especially in in building your brand building your your company uh if you're starting uh in entrepreneurship or solo solopreneurship um he has a wealth of information to share as you could tell from the guest interview and with that being said that wraps up episode one of the human business narrative podcast with me your host ivan temelkov thank you guys so much for tuning in i really really appreciate it i hope that you enjoyed the podcast episode feel free to tweet at me at ivan underscore temelkov or find me anywhere else on any of the other social media channels just search for my name until next time Peace out.